You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another very exciting edition of the Ask Drone You news show. Joining me as always, pirating the seas to find information that all of you, well, want to see. That's right. It's the Flying Dutchman. Hiya. How are you? Hey, man. Doing great. How are you doing? Good, good, good. I'm a, a little sad that we're doing this show so late in the day because I have been avidly awaiting what you have coming down the pipe. So I'm, I'm ready to get going, my friend. Awesome. Yeah, sometimes breaking news interferes with our schedule, but this one is worth it, I think. So it should be good. I think it is. I think it also showcases something rather mm, huge. Huge. All right, so let's get right into this first piece of drone news. It looks like we are finally getting a glimpse of DJI's newest aircraft. Yes, that's right. We are going to see new aircraft from DJI this year. And if you remember from the show last week, we talked just about patent filings. We've talked about things that we have seen. Well, it looks like the Flying Dutchman has found the gold at the bottom of the sea. Haya, what do you have? There you go. Nice introduction, Paul. <laughs> uh, the DJI FPV drone. We've seen an image before, but it was all pixelated, if you remember. I mean, really, you could only see part of the propeller showing it had three blades, so you knew it wasn't your regular Mavic. And also, they showed what now seems to be actually the battery compartment on the back end of the drone. Today, however, on Twitter, a new photo surfaced, and it actually shows the entire aircraft, albeit at a slight angle and also in not great resolution. So it's still hard to distinguish exactly what features and, and what kind of design we're dealing with. However, you can see that it has this forward leaning profile indicating this This for sure is more an uh, FPV inspired drone. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a real FPV racer, but I bet you it's going to be a lot more agile and fast than your regular Mavic. Another thing that stands out is that this drone is sitting on asphalt and it's sitting on its battery compartment or perhaps even the battery itself as well as the two front legs. So you can see it's a totally different design in that sense from what we've seen from other drones. Um, there's still not a lot of information available on this one, unfortunately. We do expect that this drone is going to hit the market before the year is over. And it seems that rather than having a camera that provides you your FPV perspective when you're flying and then have a second action camera to actually record your, your footage, it seems that this drone might incorporate those two into a single camera. And that is, uh, it's not confirmed, but it's indicated by uh, patent drawings that we've been able to find as well. So it should be a really interesting drone. Again, I don't expect this to be a full-blown FPV razor. I think this is more geared towards people who want to get into that kind of flying, but then at the same time don't want to solder and and custom built their own aircraft. And I think for that target audience, this might just do the trick. Um, also, if we get this drone still before the shopping season, I think that will be a nice move as well. Yeah, I, I totally understand why people don't want to solder because they probably don't like it when their aircraft get burned up. Hmm. Yep. 
<laughs> I did not burn up this aircraft uh, in a soldering. I actually turned the motors off trying to do a barrel roll, hit the wrong switch, dusted the thing. So I get it. I, I'm excited. And I like the fact that they're kind of, uh, you know, providing what you alluded to, which is this more Cinewhoop kind of style of FPV yeah. rather than FPV freestyle or racing, right? It's more of a, again, a tool, right? So that is fantastic. But Haya, with the evolution or finding these patent filings on the FPV drone, did you find patent filings on any other particular aircraft? Yeah, there's more. This is uh, from the FCC. I mean, when new products hit the market, typically you'll find an FCC filing at some point, typically a couple of weeks before the product hits the market. In this case, we found one that shows the battery label of a DJI camera drone. And then next to it, there's a drawing that shows you where that label is going to be attached. And really, it's just the exact same body shape as the original DJI Mavic Mini. Now, two weeks ago or so, we posted an article about new and the latest DJI rumors, and we already indicated that Frank Wang, the uh, founder and CEO of DJI, was never all that happy with the video quality of the original DJI Mavic Mini. And that's understandable. It's only 2.7K video quality, whereas, for instance, on a uh, Osmo Pocket, you already get 4K. So people were already wondering, like, hey, why didn't we get 4K uh, out of this drone? And it seems that there is going to be a DJI Mavic Mini 2, most likely before Christmas this year as well, that is almost certainly going to get us the 4K video. Right now, based on the information we have, we think the design is going to be the exact same. It's still going to be 249 grams. I don't really expect any other changes or features. The battery is slightly more powerful, so uh, that might give you a hint, although I think this might just be to process uh, the video footage at a higher quality that will take a little bit more processing power. Anyway, um, it's a quite a popular drone, more popular than a lot of people think. And uh, personally, I'm actually quite excited to get this drone out if it has 4K. Myself included. Sorry to interrupt you, but I didn't think it was going to be a big deal either. And, and I mean, look, look at the proof is in the pudding. It's becoming a big deal, right, Haya? Yeah, it is. And um, I think with all the regulations getting more strict around the world, then having drones and coming up with drones to kind of circumnavigate that or or just stay within those uh, rules so that you don't have to um, get a license or have a permit to fly a drone in some countries, I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. So that's actually a really interesting point, right? We haven't seen really any new commercial aircraft from DJI this year. Yes, we have the Air 2. I would argue not really a commercial aircraft. Um, that being said, Haya, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you that question. Do you think these new drones being, you know, 249 grams or less, is this a clear pivot from DJI, the world's largest manufacturer of drones, to do exactly what you said, which is to circumnavigate these pending or upcoming regulations? Are they essentially saying that, look, you cannot kill the passion or love of flight. So what we're going to do is create all the drones possible that are just below the threshold of regulations. Is, are you seeing the same thing? I would say so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it must be hard being a drone manufacturer to kind of plan your production and your design of new aircraft when you don't quite know how the rules are going to fall and, and what the rules uh, finally are going to be, for instance, remote ID. But it's clear that DJI is trying everything basically to come up with different strategies and different approaches. And uh, quite a original one, of course, is coming out with a drone that just simply weighs less than 250 grams. And they pulled that off with the DJI Mavic Mini. Um, a lot of people initially 
initially were like, oh, this is too lightweight, this is too flimsy. But then when people started flying it and using it, I think a lot of people warmed up to it. And at the same time, as technology advances and getting better and getting better, then yeah, DJI is going to be better able to come up with small, lightweight drones that just might not have to imply with, with any regulations or hardly any regulations. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. It's honestly kind of uh, empowering, Haya. It's nice to see that uh, at least someone is fighting for the right to fly. I shouldn't say at least someone, right? We A lot of people have been kind of jumping yeah. on the bandwagon here recently, but uh, it's empowering. For sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a good sign. And uh, I think as we go forward, drones are only going to get better. And I think the DJI Mavic Mini 2 is going to show us where things are going to go. Couldn't agree more. And that brings us to our next story. As companies realize that if they want to do drone delivery, well, they're not going to be flying in the U.S. just so soon. They're going to be testing their aircraft abroad. And one company continues to make strides. And no, they don't have a trillion-dollar budget. Haya, what do you have? Yeah, uh, I, I love these stories. I mean, this one takes us back to uh, to Africa, to the uh, Republic of Congo. When you think Africa and drones, a lot of people tend to think, oh, that must be Zipline. Well, that's not the case in this story. This is a company from Australia called Swoop Arrow. And it's a similar concept as Zipline. They have fixed wing drones that are made to deliver products and mostly medical supplies by drone in otherwise hard to reach areas. Now, Congo, of course, is similar to Rwanda in the sense that uh, the roads aren't always that great. There might be a lot of rainfall, so it may take you quite some time to actually get urgent supplies from one location to the next. Swoop Arrow has been working to test their drones. They received approval. Then they got held up basically by the coronavirus and, and their inability to travel to Congo. Not so much because of Congo, but because of Australia having uh, travel restrictions for their citizens. So the project kind of got delayed, but now they're aiming to launch their drones in October in Congo and start delivering medical supplies that it could be uh, a COVID COVID-19 test kits, but also vaccines for kids to about 25 health centers throughout the country. And by doing so, they will service uh, roughly a million people in that country. And I think that's uh, it's a great example. It's again, we spoke about this before. It's unfortunate that these cutting edge drone companies have to go to these kind of countries. Not that there's anything wrong with using drones to deliver products in Congo. But my point is that it's a shame to see those tests not really happening on a large scale here in the United States. Now, of course, you have the UAS IPP program and there's quite some testing going on, but we just don't have the more loose regulations as some uh, some of those African countries have. So uh, hopefully that won't take long and hopefully we'll see companies like Swoop Arrow and Zipline also making their uh, deliveries by drone in the United States and in Europe for that matter. Gotcha. No, I think you make a really good point regarding it would be awesome if a lot of these test flights could be, well, taking off here at home. And yet it seems like more and more American companies, Haya, are just getting crushed. Even this morning, I'm not sure if you saw this in the wake of what was going on, but Carolina Drones, owned by a good friend of ours named Frank, uh, had to shut its doors uh, this week. And Carolina Drones, I mean, that guy had worked so hard. They were all over the internet. They sponsored a bunch of pilots. Um, You know, I'm really sad to see that store shut down. And I think it's indicative of what's kind of going on here in the industry as far as people buying drones, the upcoming regulations. So once again, I think it's just so exciting is like, you know, the fears are building and the depressions, you know, setting in and whatnot. DJ is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
wait a minute, we don't take flight because it's something we have to do. We take flight because we love to do it. And I think that that's awesome that Frank Wang is still, I'm probably not saying your name right, sorry buddy, um, but I'm sure Frank, the other Frank from DJI, doesn't want flight killed by political reasons, right? And I think that that's awesome. And I think that's also what Brendan Shulman has been pushing for is like, look, these security issues, they're highly politicized. You know, the, the trade issues are highly politicized. Security issues are real, but again, highly politicized. And when we can solve those issues so easily with very simple, common sense solutions and they're not being done, it goes to show that a lot of this is just erroneous. That being said, Hyatt, we want to show once again how drones are not only a tool or a toy, right? It's like fire. It can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Fire can put fires out and fire can start fires, right? It's, it's, it's this, you can do both. And in our next piece of news, it looks like someone who was flying forest fires decided to not let politics get in the way. Haya, what's happening with the farm fire? Yeah, this is uh, a pretty awesome story, really, when you think about it. I mean, it's a, uh, a drone instructor from a college who also happens to be a firefighter by the name of uh, Solomon Singer. And he was using his DJI Mavic 2 Enterprise Jewel, that's the one with the thermal camera, to help firefighters when the smoke from those wildfires was so thick that they really couldn't see what was going on. And uh, even worse, manned aviation wasn't able to fly because there was just was no visibility. So the only aircraft that could safely fly is a, a relatively inexpensive lightweight drone with a thermal camera that sees straight through the smoke and can exactly uh, identify where the hotspots are and also in what direction the fire is moving and then roughly at what speed. So with the drone, he was basically the only set of eyes in the skies to help these firefighters combat the uh, holiday farm fire. And I think it's an awesome story. I mean, I think by now, if you're a first responder or a search and rescue organization or a fire department or a police department, you are really running out of excuses not having a drone as a, uh, a standard tool in your arsenal. Drones are relatively inexpensive, especially when you consider the amount of lives that you can save or that the amount of damage that you can uh, limit by the use of these drones. And I think this is just a great example of somebody saying, hey, I have a drone. By the way, this is important to point out as well, is that he actually got clearance from the FAA because without clearance you can't fly anywhere near wildfires obviously uh, but he actually got clearance to do so and he just proved how a valuable to a drone with a thermal camera can be and i think uh, that in itself makes this a story that's worth publishing and worth talking about and worth spreading with friends and family and anybody else who needs to know about this i think it's awesome that uh, a tool is being used objectively as it should be on that bombshell it looks like as the drone industry has suffered a large amount of hype and a large amount of PR manipulation, it looks like the FAA has granted waivers for beyond visual line of sight. Yet it seems like in the media, only one company might be benefiting from this waiver. Haya, what's the story here? Yes, yeah, Skydio seems to have been uh, quite active. Apparently, they helped to get this waiver from the FEA uh, set up. 
uh, unorganized. Um, however, the story is being sold or, or being presented as if it's only applicable to Skydio 2 drones. And I doubt that is the case. This story gets us to North Carolina. North Carolina has been at the forefront of using drones in uh, disaster uh, response and, and assessing the damage from hurricanes and from flooding. And over the last few years, we've seen quite a few drone projects going on there. Now they've received a waiver from the FAA to fly drones beyond visual line of sight. Uh, supposedly only Skydio 2 drones. However, you would I'm pretty sure that this would be applicable to any other drone as well. Uh, it's kind of funny though, because Skydio 2 drones, even though they are great at flying autonomously and our new software supposedly is gonna allow you to create very easily and quickly a 3D model of a bridge or other infrastructure, which is exactly what they're planning on doing in, uh, in North Carolina. However, these Skydio drones are also known for not being able to fly that terribly far from you with the remote controller. And I have one here at home and I've never been in a situation where I couldn't see my Skydio and could still fly it. So you you kind of wonder if beyond visual line of sight is even possible with, uh, with a Skydio 2 drone. Nevertheless, I think the fact that a state, uh, and in this case, it's the uh, Department of Transportation from North Carolina is using drones to inspect infrastructure, I think that's awesome. Uh, we've already heard from previous presentations that you can do it with drones much, much faster than uh, with a human inspection. I remember DJI Airworks two years ago, there was a company that does uh, bridge inspections as well, and they said they could inspect an entire bridge, I think two miles long, in a matter of days in the, versus a matter of weeks when you have it inspected by humans. So uh, it's not only a lot faster, it's also a lot safer when you don't have people hanging off of bridges with those cherry pickers. So I think in that sense, it's a very good thing. Um, it remains to be seen how effective the Skydio drones are and also how accurate the Skydio software is in creating 3D models of these bridges. That's it. Back to you, Paul, in the studio. I see you're already yawning. So this story uh, might not be that exciting for you, I suppose. No, I just, I just find it funny how a lot of things are presented in this industry, right? Like, North Carolina is on the forefront of disaster relief. I, I would just so argue that hand over fist and say, I think Texas has you guys beat by landslide, <laughs> literally. Uh, but I would also argue, you know, you said it yourself. Rob has really been flying our Skydios because we've been doing subject tracking comparisons and whatnot. And I agree with you. The transmission distance is really not that good. I don't think I've ever done over 1,000 or 1,200 feet. And, you know, it brings up a good question because the last time that we did a federal training at the NTSB Training Academy, uh, the NTSB investigative team showed us how they got their BVLOS waiver. I would actually call it an EVLOS as extended visual line of sight, not really beyond, because all they were doing is daisy chaining visual observers. So it's yeah. not really beyond visual line of sight. That said, one of the things that Bill talked about is that you have to have a drone that's actually capable of BVLOS. And at the time, we were talking about the unique H520 and the fact that people really wanted to use that drone for these operations because it's got redundancy, right? It has six motors instead of four. If something happens, well, the crash is probably not going to be as bad. Yet, when yeah. you can only control the drone so far, is it really even feasible to do beyond visual line of sight? And Haya, you nailed it once again, right? Skydio says that they have this great software to inspect bridges, but they're still not getting around the physical hardware limitations of the aircraft, which is what? A 12 megapixel sensor, which is what? A lens that's 160 degrees field of view. It's crazy wide. 
And, you know, so you think about that and people are like, okay, well, we can get past that with software controls, right? A smaller sensor, we just need more overlap, right? If we have a really wide uh, field of view, we just need more overlap. Well, what does that mean? That means that you're flying more, you're flying closer, which means it's taking more time. And so I really don't like these half-baked ideas because what it is is it's setting up the consumer once again to fail. And we've already seen public safety heroes get screwed left and right, right? The $30,000 paperweight, the M210, right? The, the whole drone responders telling everyone to buy that drone, right? I mean, there have been so many people who have misguided this industry and at some point, we've got to stop doing it because it's hurting everyone. And I love that Skydio is pushing the limit. Fantastic. Okay. But don't lie to people and say, hey, this is going to speed everything up. When I could do the same drone job with a really awesome Phantom 4 Pro in half the time. And yeah, I'm a skilled pilot. And yeah, I'm not focusing on autonomy. But it also makes it really hard to support a company like Skydio when they're openly saying on podcasts that they're trying to eliminate the pilot. Yeah. And that's a bit of an issue, too, because right now you're not allowed to fly drones autonomously. Right. You need to be a, you need to have a human being at the sticks to intervene whenever that's needed. And. I don't know. I mean, Skydio drones are awesome for what they can do. I think Skydio is kind of pushing the envelope a little bit here with their claims and their marketing. At the same time, it's also good to see that drones are going to be used for inspections that uh, speed things up and that make it safer. So I think in the end, it's good for the drone industry in that sense that they're progressing and are pushing the envelope forward. At the same time, I think their their marketing claims are a, are a little far reached, perhaps. But and I'm just asking for intellectual honesty, right? I love the fact that this is pushing pushing the industry forward, but it's really not pushing the industry forward until this drone can do the same job as other drones in the same amount of time or less. And frankly, we're not seeing that yet. So let's just, all we're asking here, Skydio, Adam, my boy, all we're asking for is a little intellectual honesty, right? We already saw what other manufacturers did and how that hurt departments and programs and their ability to buy more drones in the future. Right. Let's not make them the same mistakes as other manufacturers. Let's rise above. If America is going to lead this new generation of manufacturing this level of technology, then lead by example. Get off the keyboard, get off of Twitter and fulfill the pre-orders. Get it done. You know, it's like stop talking about it. Be about it. There you go. That's one way to fix it, uh, fulfilling those pre-orders. Another way to fix this, too, would be to make better drones yet that can do all these things faster and better. Well, I mean, scaling operations is difficult, right? We understand that. And trying to scale drone building in America is even more difficult. Yet it's difficult to empathize with someone like Skydio when they're manufacturing these drones in one of the most expensive areas in the country, right? So, like, you know, you really are like, oh, you got to really, like, bring both sides of the issue here into play and again at the end of the day who loses the drone service provider who needs to be on the sticks to actually fly a drone a drone service provider right so you know i really uh i'm really really concerned and i brought up the whole get off of twitter and start fulfilling orders because there are a lot of drone U members that go into our community and talk about how they have deleted their pre-order and they're asking us for help and i have no one that i i can't just be like 
here, here's a Skydio, go, you know, like I, yeah. I can't, I, there's nothing I can do, you know? And so when I'm trying to like save their face for them and say like, all right, guys, it's an American company, they're scaling up, they're having trouble, blah, 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 blah. But I don't really want to defend them anymore when they're avidly trying to say, yeah, we're going to remove the pilot. And it's like, no, you're not. It'd be interesting to find out uh, how many orders were placed back then, how many orders have been fulfilled, how many orders have been canceled, and how many people are still holding on to their pre-order in the hope that they're going to get that drone before Christmas this year. Um, I'd be interested in seeing those numbers for sure. Yeah, it actually, I wonder if it's reminiscent of what's going on with Boeing. Boeing this morning just posted their year-to-date orders on all aircraft, and it was negative 932. Now, for all of mm -hmm. you aviation buffs out there, yes, I know that there is a backlog of 3,000 orders that's now only 2,000. I get that, but it also showcases an extreme pivot in the market, and it's also not indicative of anything going on in the drone world either. Just a great analogy. Yeah, it is. And uh, just like I canceled my Skydio order, I also canceled my pre-order for that Boeing. So uh, <laughs> 200 million back in the bank. Yeah, I wasn't going to wait that long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is that how you got the photo in the backdrop? Ah, OK. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think it is fantastic, Haya, that we are bringing these things to light. We've got to have intellectual honesty. Look, we want the best for everyone here. We want the best for the pilots. We want the best for the manufacturers. We want the best for the industry as a whole. That does not mean divide and conquer. That does not mean treat commercial pilots one way, recreational pilots another way. That does not mean, you know, stick the pilot against the industry's growth. No, 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 no. Just like Edward Snowden said, then proved, then time proved it over again. We do not have to sacrifice privacy for security. We can have both. It's our inability to create creative solutions and alternatives as to why we are down this path that we are now. We as Americans have an opportunity to speak up and try to create, yeah, that's right, a rational and logical approach to these things. But we have to ourselves be professional. And this industry, well, I know most of the successful pilots, they're very professional. So hi on that bombshell. I know that's going to do it for us this week. But uh, lots of news, man. Are you excited about these Mavic Mini 2 or the DJI FPV drone? Which one do you want more? Um, I'm excited for both, but I'll tell you why. Mostly because uh, at least we're going to see some new drones this year. And I thought 2020 was going to be a real shitty year. And getting some more DJI drones coming our way, I think, will be fun. I have the Mini here, the original. Of course, the Mini 2 will be slightly better. I'm more excited for the FPV drone. I think it's going to be more fun to fly. And I'm curious to see what direction DJI is going to take with their products and where it might lead them. I wonder if they're going to go all the way to a full-blown FPV racer at some point. I doubt it. But um, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see what this product uh, is going to be like and how it will fly. It's also going to be interesting to see if you practice with that drone and are able to complete the office space race course. Haya, I'm excited. There you go. And <laughs> we'll find out shortly. <laughs> Definitely. And for all of you that don't know, that is the race course that we built inside of our office because that's right, we love to fly. And if you're like me and you love to drink and fly, well, you know you can only do it inside where there is no FAA jurisdiction. So come on over, office space race, let's have a drink and let's race. 
I'm just kidding. We've never done that, but I've always wanted to. <laughs> sounds pretty good. I was going to sign up. <laughs> I'll see you in October. Hiya. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's soon. <laughs> hey, well, thanks again for another awesome new show, Hiya. You really have a great, great gift at finding these nuggets and connecting the dots. And uh, I'm grateful for you. So thank you, sir. Awesome, man. Thank you uh, for having me on the show, and uh, we'll do another one later this week. I look forward to it as always. And for all of you out there, if you've gotten any little hint of value, if you have enjoyed this, if you laughed out loud, if you LOL'd, if you LMFAO'd, whatever you did, leave us a review, smash the subscribe button, even just give us a like. Because while that only takes you five to 30 seconds to complete, it makes a huge difference for us and our ability to help this industry. So can I count on you to help us help the industry? Thanks for giving us a like. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for subscribing. That's going to do it for us today. He's the Flying Dutchman, and I'm taking flight. This is Ask Drone You News Edition. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the drone you.